Is there anything going on right now that you would like to talk about? No, I, I just drank a little too much coffee, a little too she quick. She smashed ice cap. So I feel like she I'm brought jumping. in like large ice cap. I'm, <laughs> I'm, like I'm sitting here. If you got the video on, I've done maybe a few sips. <laughs> she's cleaned it out. And she's sitting there and she's kind of just like rocking. <laughs> yeah, shaking in my chair. I, I really like it. And it's finally, according to my standards, warm enough to have one. So I was very excited to get one. So I guess let's just get started let's then. Let's start, huh? yeah. You're listening to What Brings You In, a weekly series featuring psychology talk with therapists Ryan and Carrie. Have something to say? Want your question answered? Visit ryananswers.com slash podcast to get in touch. So the example I thought of while we were kind of discussing this episode is, imagine you walk up to a big rope bridge over a really high valley and you go over it and it's really shaky and you start getting really anxious and you turn back. That's like a family that doesn't talk about things. And so you never cross and learn that it's safe on the other side. You just learn that when you get up to this bridge and it starts to shake, that means panic and and get off the bridge, get away from it. Versus families who maybe that danger arises, you feel that sense of anxiety. Someone will hold your hand. I was just going to say, exactly. Yeah, they hold your hand, they take you to the other side, and you learn that with this crescendo of discomfort, it's followed by reconnection and peace. If you've ever felt the instinct to push people away quickly when when you have conflict and you'd rather do that than work on things, if you find that you're quick to anger generally and you find that when people try to come to you with concerns, you feel attacked or you feel that it's difficult for you to handle and confront, you'd rather shut down or get away from Mm -hmm. things, you probably have low emotional bandwidth. Just means that it's harder or more difficult for you to hear emotions, you feel, feel really emotions. Awkward when someone's crying. Yeah, you, it's uncomfortable, and and you avoid. You want to get away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's those are all signs of things. But one of the main ones is a, a very strong pushing away of people when, when you have difficulties with them, or you, shutting them, or shutting this other person away with your anger. Right. So either yeah, being very yeah. loud, so then no other emotion except anger is sitting there. Yeah, either you end the relationship. So these are people who are like, yeah, you know, I've never really been with somebody for longer than a year or my family is full of people who don't talk to each other and different stuff like, like that. Like lots of cut-offs. Yeah, so it's symptomatic of, of not having a, a very open family culture hmm. because if you're open and you talk about things, you get used to it, right? You build that skill set. You generally can sit in an emotion even though it's uncomfortable and be okay with it. Yeah, and that comes from practice. Yep. It doesn't feel that way. A lot of our natural views about emotion are that the way that I am is the normal way. Yep. Or the way that, you know, my family is, is the normal way. Mm. We don't really think of it as a skill-based thing that you can learn. Sometimes you don't even notice that you're doing this, right? Because it's just like breathing. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's not like we go take a karate class. Generally, unless you're in therapy, you don't go to an emotion class. It's something that isn't really even, we don't even conceptualize it Mm. as something that is necessary to learn about. We're starting to. Slowly. Slowly, yeah, we're starting to. There's some stuff on the walls. Yeah. There's some moments during the day that they do emotional check-ins and stuff like that. Yeah, like my mom is is an elementary teacher, Mm -hmm. and uh, she was showing me some stuff that's coming up in the education system here where they're doing social-emotional learning. Yeah. So they're studying what do people learn about emotions by what they feel in the classroom. Mm-hmm. How do you foster emotions like inclusiveness or openness and willingness to take emotional risks by mm-hmm. sharing ideas or thoughts or feelings so that people who go to the classroom, kids who go to the classroom, and maybe they don't get this type of learning at home. They can learn it in the classroom. They learn in the classroom. 
so classrooms are are becoming so much more than just book learning they're they're trending towards life skills which i think is awesome me too because those are the things we need 100 percent. if you don't have these things maybe you have low emotional tolerance you're more likely to make impulsive or angry decisions and you're more likely to experience difficulties in your life as a result so there's two kinds of emotions i hope this isn't too hard to understand but there's a primary emotion and then there's a secondary emotion. So okay. when you, we talk about these emotions, we say the secondary is the one that is seen. This is the one you show, right? So I look at the, someone and I hear them yelling. I see angry. I know that they're mad, right? Right. That's the secondary. The primary is probably that they felt lonely or they felt hurt or they felt sad or they felt rejected. And that made them angry. And that is so awful. To feel that way. Right. That I get angry that I feel that way. And I push that primary emotion as far away as possible. The the hurt, you mean. The hurt and the pain goes away and the anger fills the space. So some of us will be with anger. Some of us will be with distraction. So I'll turn in a comedy show. I will start cooking something. I will like do anything but feel this awful. They tell us about our needs, but this primary emotion tells us about, about our needs, right? So if I feel that hurt or I feel that rejected... And I can actually sit there. Okay, that means I need him to be closer to me. That means I need reassurance that he's still with me. That means I need I need to spend time with him. I need to be held, right? And mm-hmm. that is very important for us to know. And maybe if we're brave enough, we can even ask for it. And so if you're wondering, how do I... Sit in them. How do you sit in them? How do you gain this bandwidth? Like we said in the introduction to this episode, it really is very much practice. I would also suggest do a little meta cognitive stuff, right? So in your family, what, what does that mean? What 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 uh, what were emotions like in your family? Right? So I grew up in a family where I had a very emotional mom and she was great with emotions. We could talk about them all day. We yeah. could distill them, we could show them, and then I grew up with a dad that let's be, everything's going to be okay. That's pretty typical. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's really common. Emotions should not be brought up. And he was a crier, though, so he would cry at two seconds, you know, everything's okay, everything, like, so he would- Shut it right down. So like you're saying, you have, you feel it a little bit, but then you oh, push it away. Stop, 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 I can't right? sit in it. I can't so, stay with it. It's too, too much. It's too much. It's too yeah. much. It really is too much, right? So maybe ask yourself, okay, what were emotions like in my family? If I was having a hard day and I was sad- like, was Would there emotion? That, was that tolerated? Did I see emotion in my parents? Yeah. Would they get angry at each other? Would they cry to each other? Would they hold each Stop other? Stop crying. I'll give you something to cry about. Ah, uh, that phrase. That phrase is in every language, I think. That's used in Spanish, too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. So, maybe take that step first. Like, okay, what could be stopping me from sitting in these emotions? Well, mm-hmm. what have I been taught about emotions? Have I been taught that they're a nuisance? Have I been taught that I should keep them to myself? Yep. Should that have been, I've been taught that... My emotions are too big, too much for people. And just to touch on like what, what Carrie's talking about when she says this, we don't literally mean your parents sit you down and go, look, no. emotions are not to be spoken about. Mm-hmm. We mean by their examples, by the conduct in your family. So or what happened when you were feeling? Yeah. If you're crying and then they say, don't cry or what I just said, you know, I'll give you I'll something give you to, cry to cry about, about. Th- that the message you take from that is crying is not okay. Or, Being sad is not all right. Or, or even if I'm sad, I'm I'm deficient. I'm less than Broken. something's wrong with me. I'm messed up. Or mm-hmm. if you're a, a man, maybe it means that you are um, too soft enough. or not manly. And yeah. so there's a lot of damage that can come with that that you don't you wouldn't know 
Like you're, you're not going to recognize this. This isn't blaming your, your parents because I have a lot of clients that when we do this kind of exercise, right. they're like, oh, but my parents didn't meet. Yes, this is not about saying it's, your it's parents didn't meet. It's not about intent. No, 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 no it's just about understanding. Okay, so yeah. this is what happened in so my family. So just to, to separate those two things, you can have excellent parents excellent. and still have this happening in your life. Yes. Okay, because the, the ability for somebody to love and care about you and try to be there for you is not the same as their actual skill set at doing that. Yes. Sometimes people just don't have those skills. They don't have it to give to you. If they did, I'm sure they would. Or it's just hard, right? With everything I know, I sometimes think, I'm like, okay, what am I teaching my kids about emotions? I'm like, ah, oh, today when one of my kids hit the other kid and they were fighting, I wasn't yeah. that gentle about, oh, you're frustrated. <laughs> Tell me about your frustration. Right. Right? I sent him to his room. I don't know. Stop that. Yeah. So it's even with all the skills you do have, it can be hard. It can Absolutely. be hard to do this. You're human. It's 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 tough. So when you're thinking about your family to try to improve yourself, when she's saying metacognition, what did I learn about these emotions? You want to think, did we talk about emotions? Were they a, a big priority? Uh, did we shut each other down when one person had a problem? Is that common that when somebody would bring a concern up in a family setting, they would get kind of shushed or dismissed or, you know, blown off no, in some different okay. way? No, it'll be okay. Don't yeah. worry. Everything will work out. Yeah. If you have these trends in your life, what should you be doing? I would say one thing immediately, try pushing yourself. A little. A little. I'm not saying a little. take steps. all the secrets you've been holding and all the no, things you've no, bottled no, little, forever little, and dump little, it all out. little. I'm saying when you feel the urge, oh, I don't want to bring that up because I don't want to be a nag or, oh, I don't want to bring that up because it's not a big enough issue to talk about. If something's a big enough issue that it bothers you, it's worth talking about. So the skill to go with that. So somebody's going, okay, well, how do I do that? Well, you don't always have to go to a 10 because that's some people, they have two settings. So they- None or all. Yeah, none or all. So little things, it's very difficult for them to bring it up because they feel like it's a massive overreaction and- if they reacted the way they normally do, it probably would be. It wouldn't be well received. Mm-hmm. So they bottle and they bottle until they're so bothered that it matches their level of reaction and then it's it's, appro- okay, to it's, it's okay to, to blow up. But what I'm saying is instead of going and being like, you did this and, and really lashing out at somebody, you can go, hey, would you mind doing this? It really bothers me when you don't and it just it's frustrating. Yeah. Thanks. No, you don't have to have a big conversation about nope. it. We're not saying have a big sit down. Nope. It's okay to mention things in passing to have different levels of communication regarding how upset you are. And how maybe that'll be you. really hard. For a lot of people, it is. Really, really hard. They feel, I, I hear this especially from guys who are big time bottlers. Uh, they come back and they say, well, I didn't do that. And I'll be like, okay, no, no problem. Mm-hmm. You, you know, this I isn't a test. I was talking to my sister. My sister is a wonderful woman. But she hates confrontation, right? So she was going to quit her job recently. Um, oh, she, wow. Okay. Yeah, she's been has thinking she been about it for, for like while? years. Oh, okay, she has. Wow. Yeah. Um, and just this month with everything going on, she's like, I don't know. I don't want to do this anymore. So we had a whole conversation where I tried to explain and we tried to work. And she practiced what she was going to say to her boss. Yeah. She's like, when I say it to you, Carrie, it, it gets less scary to say. I'm like, yes. And then, right. and I told her, you just have to face two minutes of really awkward conversation. That is your goal. You're going to survive two minutes of awkward conversations with your boss. She's like, it's just two minutes. Yes, it's just two minutes. You're just going to say, hi, look, I've been thinking, I'm going to quit, and then you're done. (laughs) But that, to say those words, to face that confrontation, she's been working the same place for seven years, Mm -hmm. it was huge. So saying, that bothers me, or I I don't want want to do this, or this is hard for me. It can cause you intense anxiety. And that's totally normal. Yeah, it's... Totally normal. And it's very short time. Yeah. 
that's the big part of it short is term. it's it's a, a short term start with the short the little the, the smallest that you can and then afterwards some people some people feel a residual anxiety from this yeah. so again just so like you know it, it's exactly that it's like a confrontation hangover where they're rattled and they feel this kind it's like of vulnerability tension. hangover so very similar vulnerability hangover yeah. you just showed so from much over overdoing your vulnerability yeah so if you share too much, sometimes after you can feel a little nervous or a little anxious. Of, That's oh, a good I, thing too. What is too much, right? So people will think that just saying, hey, that bothers me. Please put the plates in this direction might be too much. My sister thinking it's too much to say that she wants to quit, right? And others don't even notice. The other person has no idea that you were, I'm sure my sister's boss has no idea that my sister had a 20-minute conversation with me to get ready just to quit, right? Like... I often wonder that. You, you don't know. Like, you don't know how hard it was for that person to share that with I think you. probably the worst thing I've had to do in my life in terms of confrontation is firing people. Mm-hmm. That was like, <laughs> honestly, probably a week of anxiety yeah. leading up to it to the point where I, I just had to do it. I didn't want to do it. I was putting it off. And then I'm like, you know what? Going in and doing this now at this point would actually be less uncomfortable than continuing to live with to these live knots with in my stomach and not no. being able to continue. Yeah. So. It's, a, it's very normal if you're feeling anxiety, even thinking about the stuff we're talking about today. Thinking about it is a good first step. Yes, it is. Just consider it. Imagine what it would be like. The nice thing about following through and doing these things in real life is it corrects that narrative. If you've never done stuff like this, you will imagine much worse outcomes than are likely to happen. But like that rope bridge example, if you don't ever test it and follow through to the other side... You don't and, know what's going to happen. And what Brian says, when he crossed that bridge, even in our brains, this, there's tons of research on this, because of the neuroplasticity, plasticity, which means that our brains are like plastic, they can change, they can right. mold, they can... Um, even if you haven't done it until you're 50, and then you start when you're 50, your brain can adapt to that. You yeah. can learn. You can cross the bridge, and as much as you cross the bridge, and maybe you need a therapist to help you through it, maybe you need a friend, a pastor, whatever. Um, and the more you do that, your brain corrects itself. Mm. And oh, crossing the bridge isn't dangerous anymore. So then it'll become easier. It does. It gets easier over time. So when Carrie says your, your brain is plastic, it can change. <laughs> she, It's very literally, your brain will physically literally. change. Yes. And this is something that you can see on brain scans. Yes. So one famous example is cab drivers in London have a bigger hippocampus. Post-mortem, they've scanned it. It's bigger than the average person. Or you look at carpenters. I can't remember the area of the brain responsible for finger dexterity. Mm. But when you look at carpenters and sculptors, that area is larger than it is in your average population. So when you're doing these things, like as therapists, I'm sure we would light Something. up more for empathy. Hopefully. You know, no. <laughs> all the shit I've been through. <laughs> Please, brain, you know, give me something. Give me something for... <laughs> So quite literally, you will change your brain the more you do this stuff. So quick recap, emotional bandwidth is your ability to process and hold and sit in discomfort and make good decisions that are in line with your beliefs and your values. And when we talk about discomfort, we're talking about sadness, anger, shame, awkward, uh, embarrassment. Anything you want to get rid of. You want to shove it away quickly. All of those emotions. So being able to sit in that is your bandwidth. You increase this by practicing, experiencing it, sharing it, crossing that bridge, like you said, it. that's yeah, a good crossing example, crossing the bridge, that bridge, getting, and importantly, getting positive reinforcement on the other side of the bridge. Imagine like somebody like me, fear of flying, right? Ah, scary. 
because of bad experiences. The more you fly and the more you have a safe landing and then you get a good vacation after, it's nice, you get to do cool stuff, you go, okay, well, that's worth it and it's not so bad. And the anxiety diminishes over time. I survived, right? I survived. I'm okay. It's going to be okay. And just so people know, the type of anxiety that you can experience, like maybe you're somebody who doesn't have this problem and you're going like, what What are you talking about? It is very fight or flight. Oh, yeah. You can get it's adrenaline dumps. It, it is honestly survival. survival. You can feel the same like your life is in danger. Oh, yeah. And that may sound a little intense no, but or over the top. it's a fleet reaction. It's, it's your brain, your body keeping you safe and it's right. rooted in time. You've been doing it for a long time. Yes, you've learned that to break these patterns of behavior could result in the damage to these relationships. Mm-hmm. And in our terms of our evolution, if you damage relationships, you die. You die. You're going to die alone in the woods with nobody to help, yeah. sur- no tribe. You die. Right? So it's deeply ingrained in us. And it's one of those relics of our past. Like, obviously, if you damage relationships, there's billions of people, not a big deal. But emotionally, that's not it's what it feels like. Yeah. It feels like life and death. So this is a real problem. And if you're having uh, troubles and you're struggling, please be very kind and patient to yourself. Oh, yeah. And, and celebrate the little things. Like, if you're mm-hmm. able to tell that person that annoys you about how they put the plates in the dishwasher, good for you. Yeah. Buy yourself a nice cap. Big one. But don't drink it too fast. Um, Was there anything else you wanted to add? No, I think that's good. So we talked about what bandwidth is, the importance of emotions, how you can go about it, that that image of the the, The the bridge. bridge. That's good. Um, Try it out. And if you can, tell us. Tell us if you can, you know, tell us a little anecdote of when you tried, how it worked for you. Or if you're having troubles, you can send them in. You have questions about how to apply this. Maybe you have stuff going on in your own family or your own personal relationships that you'd like help solving. You can find us at ryananswers.com slash podcast. Send in your questions and let us know. Perfect. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode. If you haven't already, please rate and subscribe to the show so you don't miss anything. And thank you for listening. Take care.